Welcome to the Soul Podcast. Great stories, tough issues, grace in the real world. We are back for episode five, and this one has my favorite kind of story. It's the kind of story where the grace of God crash lands on a bunch of sold-out sinners who never saw it coming. This one is especially close to my heart because it takes place at a rave. If you're not familiar, a rave is a music festival. The music is called EDM, electronic dance music. The music is loud, the clothes are wild, and the kids are high. Drugs are hard and plentiful at a rave, and adults are few. The raver credo is plur, peace, love, unity, and respect. Now those ideals are awesome. Who doesn't like peace, love, unity, and respect? The realities, well, the realities are what you'd expect with a lot of kids and a lot of drugs. Rape, overdose, and even human trafficking are heartbreakingly common. Now, one thing you might expect to see is a few judgmental Christians showing up with a soapbox and a bullhorn. The last thing you'd expect to see at a rave is a bunch of moms. Normal, everyday, dressed like a Christian homeschool mom, moms. Giving away free mom hugs and a whole lot of God's grace. It's as crazy as it sounds. And the kids love it. Seriously. And I love talking to these guys. I was a rave kid, early 90s, when the scene just got started. I'll save that story for the episode. Our guests are Rob and Colleen Myers, great friends of mine, and they truly have some of my favorite stories. And we'll get to those in less than a minute. But first, the contest is on. We're giving away a bunch of Through the Word and Soul podcast gear. It's the Soul Podcast Rate, Review, Subscribe, and Share giveaway. Okay, here's the story. We need your help to get Soul featured on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. The contest runs now through December 1st, and all you got to do is rate, review, subscribe, and share. Stay tuned at the end of today's podcast, and I'll tell you how to turn each of those into a contest entry. Okay, time to get started. The Soul Podcast is a production of Through the Word, All Rights Reserved. Find all our episodes as they launch weekly every Friday at soulpodcast.com. So let's get to it. you got to hear this story. Welcome to the Soul Podcast, stories of God's grace in the real world. Brad Hornback is with me again. Welcome back, Brad. Hey, it's good to be here. All right. And before I introduce our guests, which I'm very excited to do, Brad, I want you to picture this scene. You, my friend, are a teenage kid at a rave. So I have hair again. You, <laughs> okay. You, have, you can have an afro if you want. Yes. In fact, the crazier the hair, the better, because here at the rave, that goes over better than anything. You have spent $400 to stay the entire weekend at a big music festival, ready for crazy loud EDM, wild outfits, dancing, bring some extra cash for food, condoms, ecstasy, whatever drugs you want, whatever's available. It is total freedom, no rules, no judgment, loud music, lots of drugs, lawless paradise. So, as planned, you dance a night away. Take some stupid stuff you never tried before. Stay up till four in the morning. Your ears are ringing. You get a little bit of sleep, and you wake up in the morning as your friends get hungry, and you follow your nose to the smell of fresh pancakes, which was unexpected. Now... When you arrive at the pancakes, you discover that they are being served up by the two faces you see right over here, along with some of their friends. Nice. 
They are known as rave moms and rave dads. And as curious as that scene is, it gets even stranger. As you're standing in line, you overhear some, as the dads are serving up the pancakes telling dad jokes. True story. The moms are sitting and you overhear one of the moms praying with one of your friends. And then you realize, oh, no, they're Christians. And you're not having it. What, are they serving up the pancakes with with a heavy dose of Bible browbeating? Are they they here for some self-righteous judgment in the syrup? And as soon as you start railing against them and walking away, all the other kids speak up and say, guys, they're awesome. These guys saved my life. One of those moms held up my hair while I was throwing up all night. And you decide, well, maybe I'll check it out. And you realize their dad jokes aren't that bad. Well, maybe they are. I don't know. Maybe. They're bad. (laughs) And your question is, seriously, what are they doing here? And that's my question for you guys. Rob and Colleen Myers, welcome to the studio, guys. Welcome to the Soul Podcast. Thank you. It is great to have you guys here. Now, I love your ministry, and I love your stories. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. But I want you to answer that question for me. What on earth are you doing there? We are going to raves with <laughs> older moms and older dads, grandmas and grandpas, uh, to share the gospel, to help kids in trouble, and rescue those that are in danger. And uh, we go not in judgment, but we go in love. And we're there to just uh, love on the kids and help them out any way we can. That's pretty awesome. Now, I don't know, Brad, if you could actually picture that scene, but I actually was a rave kid. You, uh, you go back to the 1990s. I'm uh, about 20 years old or so. I spent uh, about a year in the rave scene and uh, dabbled just a little bit in the drugs, but I loved the music. I loved the dancing until uh, I started to see some of my friends' lives really start to fall apart as uh, mm-hmm. drugs do what they do. But, Rob and Colleen, do you have any history with that? Do you have any connection from your, your younger days with the, uh, with the rave culture? I, I have none. In fact, I, I call myself a recovering judgmental church lady. Mm. That's a powerful <laughs> yeah. statement. That's, that's, yes. that's a long road to recovery. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. Now, yeah, I'm, me neither. Just uh, I was born and raised a heathen, but nothing, nothing in this line of work, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, so what are you doing there? Well, we're going to answer that question. I want to hear some stories. But Brad, why don't you, uh, why don't you start us out by reminding us of uh, our rules of engagement? Here. All right, and not that this is super controversial between us, as we talked about maybe before the show, but. Uh, we want to respect uh, the story. You know, we're going to talk about some very serious issues. Uh, story comes first. You know, there's people's lives that we're talking about. Uh, we mm. want to respect that. Uh, humility before wisdom. Uh, you know, good questions come before good answers. And we're all here to understand and we want to grow and we want to just learn more about this. Um, grace always for every issue, every, every life, uh, there's grace. And we intend to find it. And then uh, God exalted. Uh, we seek the Lord mm-hmm. in every story and every struggle. His word mm-hmm. is not ours. Uh, his, his is the final word. Um, and it's, it's his words that are going to keep us grounded. So mm-hmm. uh, let's dive in, Chris. All right, let's do it. Those are some excellent rules of engagement. And I love this opportunity. I love to talk story. Most of the time I'm in front of a mic. I'm opening up the word. And uh, we're having a little Bible study. But the stories of when God shows up today are, uh, are incredible. And uh, stories of grace. Now, what, what I want to know first is uh, what got you into this? What drew you to raves? And, uh, and also a little bit of what are those kids doing there? Well, um, 10 years ago, our, we were self-employed. My, during the recession, my company took a hit, and Colleen had to go back to work and get a 
real job, and she landed a job in drug prevention. And like she said, we have no real history or experience with that. Long story short, they ended up sending her to a rave to do a risk assessment uh, from her job, and she cried all the way home. So we decided we had to do something. So we figured we'd go help some local kids, and it just kind of took off from there. And now we're going to raves in four states and started a camp and are just uh, having a good time. That's a pretty good fast forward. (laughs) (laughs) Colleen, what was it that struck you when when you saw the kids at the raves? What did you see? What's going on? Well, um, I had to actually Google rave before I went. I had no idea what it was. And then um, I found out that the main drug of choice at raves is ecstasy, and I had to Google that. Um, I don't recommend that. Google the drug ecstasy if you're going to Google it. Just a little a little tip now. Learn the hard way. But um, uh, what I found out is that their motto is PLUR, and it's an acronym for Peace, Love, Unity, and Respect. And so going there on the job, I was doing doing my job, taking a risk assessment for the county with my little notebook and my checklist. But as a believer, um, walking into that massive party and seeing what I saw, knowing that the kids, um, they, they're looking for a plur and they're finding a fake form of it through the drug ecstasy and other club drugs like that. Um, but I know they're really looking for Jesus and the enemy's just handing them a fake. And so that broke my heart. Yeah. Now, I want to give a little understanding of what the draw is of raves. And I could sp- actually speak a little bit into that. I was a, a college kid, and I was a clean-cut kid, and I grew up, say no to drugs. Nancy Reagan said it. I'm good with that. I was the clean kid. I was the one who didn't want any mm-hmm. part of it. I got invited with some friends and my girlfriend, and uh, so Andrew and I went. We're married now. Not your Andrew, my Andrew. Your Andrew. We, uh, we showed up, and... <laughs> The music was really loud, and I love concerts, and I love that stuff. But there was more than that. There were friendly people, and there mm-hmm. were, and it was all crazy dress and stuff, and all that was fun. But below the surface of that, there was this like everybody loves each other attitude mm-hmm. that really like drew me and kept me. And so I started looking past. Well, and I wasn't there for the drugs, but there's a lot of drugs. Yeah, there's a lot of mm-hmm. drugs at a rave. Um, Tell us a story. Give us a story that kind of gives us an idea. Why are kids showing up? What 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 brings them there? What keeps them there? Well, uh, the bottom line for the draw is the plur. It's their acronym for peace, love, unity, and respect. And mm-hmm. when they're on the drug ecstasy, that's what they feel. Um, a story to kind of illustrate that was when we first got started ten years ago. Um, we felt the church model was that the young, cool youth pastor right reaches the kids. So we thought, we're old, and um, we needed somebody young to go with us. So we took a young lady named Michelle from Colleen's Bible class and went down to this rave. And like you said, they're all in crazy dress and outfits and all that. Girls are typically not wearing a whole lot. And Michelle was there in jeans and a sweater, you know, little tennis shoes. Looking like a church kid. Looking like Mm -hmm. a church kid and looking like she's with her mom. So there are no other parents anywhere. It sticks out like a sore thumb. Uh, And throughout that night, at one point they went into a bathroom, and it was packed full of girls. And she said not one girl looked her up and down. Every girl in that bathroom said, oh, hi, is this your first rave? We're so glad you're here. And they hugged her, and they just completely welcomed her. 
into this thing, even though she just did not fit. And we discovered there are no misfits at a rave. Everybody's loved and accepted as they are. And she came out of there saying, I've never felt so loved or accepted at any church or youth group I've ever been a part of. I know why they're here. Hmm. That's a rough story. That's, yeah. <laughs> and, but at the same time, it, it tells you something. It gives you a little insight for, for the adult who has no connection or understanding with this. There's more going on than bright lights, crazy mm-hmm. outfits, electronic dance music, right. and lots of drugs. There, there is a draw that is deeper than that. And all those things are related in the heart of the, the rave kid, the, the drugs and the plur and the right. music. All those things are inseparable right. in, in their mind. But the draw is towards a God-given desire of the mm-hmm. heart. Right. And at a rave, you know, Michelle realized it's all drug-induced. It wasn't real. It was a temporary. It was a fake. It was a lie from the enemy. Yeah. But the desire mm-hmm. is not from the enemy. The Correct. desire for, for peace is God-given. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We, we've got a God-shaped hole, and and that desire is real. And that's uh, that's something that, that drew you, you uh, in with some compassion for them. Mm-hmm. I think that's important. All right. You told me you're going to you share another story, and I purposely waited to hear this one. <laughs> All I know is you told me to remind you of the ra- rainstorm and the gay nun. Yeah, we I don't were, know more than that, but I really want to hear it. <laughs> we were um, outside of a, a small rave club in Houston, uh, right downtown, and it was a super stormy night. It was pouring rain. We ran into this young man that was dressed as a nun, and um, he had watched us for a few minutes, um, loving on the kids. And he he came over and he said, are you guys Christians? And uh, I said, yes, we are, and um, we're here to, to show God's love. Not, um, not just shove it down your throat. And he said, oh, well, he said, let me ask you a question. Do you think it's weird that I'm out here on a night like this? You think maybe I should stay home on a night like this? And I said, well, um, I think you'd be safer. I'm pretty sure that they're going to be evacuating downtown pretty soon. The manhole covers were actually rising up. Um, with There was so much rain. It was a major flood. Oh, wow. And um, so I said, but we're going to be here. You kids are here. And so... Um, we feel like you're ours for the night. We're going to take care of you, and we're going to make sure you all get home safe. Um, so we aren't going to leave till you leave. But, yeah, I'm kind of wondering why you're here in this rainstorm, you know. And he said, well, would you go to your church in a rainstorm? And I said, yeah, I would. He said, why? And I said, well, because I'd go to worship God and, and to fellowship with my church family. And he said, well, you have to understand this is my church. He said, um, the 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 rave is my church, the DJ is my pastor, and the music is my God. And he said, I need you to understand, he said, I was the kid that sat alone at the lunch tables every single day in high school mm-hmm. because I'm gay. And he said, for one night I can come to a rave and I feel completely loved and accepted by everyone around. And I said, but honey, a lot of what you're feeling is is drug-induced acceptance and he said I don't care it's such a great feeling when you've never felt it before in your whole life I'm willing to do whatever it takes to feel plur for one night man it breaks my heart I was I was a kid I wasn't entirely alone but I knew what it was to be outcast I knew mm-hmm. most of my growing up I wasn't ridiculed I was just kind of forgotten and left on the side and there's something great about being being brought in and accepted I, I praise God that 
he gave me a little bit of wisdom to to get out before things got really bad for me. And for some of my friends, it got very bad. We had some hospital trips, and uh, and, and lost a friend. Mm, but I'm sorry, the draw is real because that's that's God given. That that's yeah. in your heart. Fast yeah. forward a few years as a youth pastor, it was very important to me that my kids felt loved, welcomed, and accepted. But it's hard. It's much easier to do that by popping pills and everybody feels it for a little bit, but it also winds up very empty and it leaves you lonelier than you, you started. Mm-hmm. I've found that sin is an attempt to add value to your life when in reality it takes it away. Yeah. And I think that what you shared with, with the, the young man shared that this is, that the music is his God really gives us a little insight biblically into what's happening the nature of idolatry. For a long time reading the Bible, I always read idolatry as this goofy practice that was celebrated for a long time where you've got a wooden carving that you call God. But it is any time that you're replacing God. And mm-hmm. it's actually very mm-hmm. insightful of the boy to recognize that that's what he's done, Right. Yeah. that the music is his God. For me, I actually it took me years to understand that in a lot of ways, music was for me my idol. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. in my walk with Christ, there, there was a time of separating from music that, that I needed in order to really, because music was my go-to. It was mm-hmm. when I felt down and I needed something, mm-hmm. I cranked up the music. When I felt elated and I wanted something to celebrate that with me, I went to the, the music. Right. And that's, those are things that, that we are designed to go to God for. Yeah, we're, we're created to fellowship with God and with each other. We are created with that need. And so the enemy, the great deceiver and counterfeiter, he wants to replace our need for God and try to replace that with something else. And um, at a different rave in Austin, one time there was a photographer that was standing um, watching our moms in action. And he came over and he said, he said, "Um, can I ask you what you guys are doing? I'm I'm the promoter's photographer here. And so we we were just real honest with him and just talked about how we were there to to um, share God's love and and the gospel, and um, he said, "Well, well, let me tell you what you see going on here." And he he we were on a little hill, and we were looking over um, probably twenty thousand kids down below in front of the main stage, and he spread his arm out and he said, "What you are seeing here is the formation of the modern church." Mm-hmm. From a photographer's eye. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. talking numbers, let, let's let's actually zoom out for a moment and tell me some of the the numbers of is rave. When I was in raves, I'd never heard of them, and it was an underground scene. We we would drive for hours to get out to some farm somewhere, mm-hmm. and it was usually entirely illegal. But now you go buy tickets on Ticketmaster to to show up to to carnival. They're in known spaces. So give me some some of the basic numbers. How many kids are showing up, and what are they doing, and what are you doing there? Um, raves vary in size. The raves that we go to, we typically hit the festivals, the larger ones. They're anywhere from uh, 5,000 kids up to, well, the largest one in um, the United States is uh, EDC, and that's, according to USA Today, 400,000 kids will come in over the weekend. Wow. Uh, 250,000 a night or whatever, a whole bunch of kids. How much money to. are they dropping? Uh, that's the one that tickets are $400 for a three-day pass. Okay. So a um, lot of money to be made in them. And um, so, yeah, th- these are mainstream. Uh, it used to be kind of a subculture thing. They still have the smaller ones. They still have desert raves and uh, secret raves around and stuff. But for our ministry, we're pretty much aimed at the festivals. Good. 
So what are you doing? What, what keeps you busy? Well, we'll, um, we'll go into the, uh, <laughs> to the venue, and every rave, every venue is different for us. We're there to reach kids, so we try to put ourselves where we're most needed. So a lot of times that's on the outside of the rave. We go in an RV. We set it up. Uh, the moms will pass out our rave-style bracelets that have a website on the bracelet that shares the gospel. The idea for that is they can go to the website the next day when they're coming down and hear the gospel. So at the beginning of the night, we're passing out lots of bracelets. Um, due to the sexual environment, the dads kind of stay in the RV. They stay out of the way unless they're needed, and the moms do 90% of the work. Um, and as the night progresses, problems start to arise, and we just simply react to whatever happens. Um, there are some nights where not a lot happens. We pass out a lot of bracelets, talk to a few kids, um, and there's other nights where we have experienced kids overdosing, uh, girls get dosed and raped, um, kids have died. Um, we just, a lot of kids are, they may buy a fake ticket, so their group goes into the rave and leaves the one with the fake ticket outside, and now they're wandering the streets in the middle of the night with nowhere to go, so we kind of reel them in. Um, if a girl's on ecstasy, She's vulnerable, so if she's on ecstasy and alone outside the rave, uh, she'll get in a car. Um, and so predators will circle raves like we do, and we just hope that we get to the girls first. And yeah, um, predators make sure they the get... raves, but not like you do. <laughs> yeah, not well. Yeah, they're we're all looking, looking for save. we're all they're looking, looking for to... the straggler. Yeah, you know they're looking to abuse the straggler. We're looking to save the straggler. Yeah. Um, so uh, as long as we get to them first, our moms can walk them to their car. We can put them in an Uber and get them home. Sometimes they hang out at our RV. We put a bunch of chairs outside the RV um, so they can hang out until their friends come out. Uh, we just do whatever we can, and that usually takes us through the whole night, just taking care of kids, and we're always the last ones to leave. And then for for the campout raves, you set up pancakes. First thing in the morning. If and there's like, camping at a rave, where that's where it's a multi-day rave and they have a campground and kids can actually stay there, kind of like Woodstock of the old days, uh, we camp with the kids. And so in the middle of the campground, we'll set up a family-style campsite. Uh, we are the only old people around. We stick out like sore thumbs. And um, like you said, we have a grill and do pancakes and sausage, and we set up long tables with checkered tablecloths and sunflowers and we hang up a sign that says, because Jesus love you. Um, we'll take one of our, our easy ups and we'll run a string across it and put prayer cards out. Kids can write prayer requests down and just hang them on the strings. Um, and the dads tell dad jokes while they fill their plates and the moms pour their milk and sit down with them and just love on them. And uh, the kids don't leave. They come, we'll have 75 at a time in line from 6 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon. And then we switch to peanut butter and jellies in the afternoon. <laughs> and then we, we'll run that campsite about 22 hours a day. Our moms will take turns. And um, after the rave lets out and the kids come funneling back in the campground, we have moms there doing hot chocolate mm. and um, snacks for the kids. And the kids just kind of pile in and sit at the tables and hang out with the parents. Now, all of that speaks to me is grace, the grace of God. Yeah. Yeah. Grace for sinners. When, yeah. when Jesus came, he came with grace for sinners, and the Pharisees couldn't believe who he was hanging out with, and I bet some people have a little trouble believing who you hang out with. So, so bring us to grace. Where does grace meet the raver? Tell, us, tell me a story of, uh, of how grace impacts these kids. When you come without judgment, without 
browbeating him with the Bible, but uh, but give us some grace. You told well, a, one of one of my favorite short stories is at one of those camping raves um, after sharing the gospel with a young girl and and um, praying with her. She had tears just flowing down her face, and she said, "I can't believe that God came to a rave to find me." That's grace. Yeah, it's a pretty crazy place to be found. It is. Yeah. It is. And when we first started this, I I would say when I was speaking to groups and trying to get people to go with, I would say, we go to raves and we invite God to come with us. And man, was that arrogant. And God showed me over, over the next couple years after that, just that he had been going to raves already and that he invited us to go with him. Mm. I think it's important to recognize, I mean, that's, you know, sharing with people is God will meet you where you're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you just got to open your eyes to them. Mm-hmm. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. God finds you in the pit when you can't climb yourself out and wherever it is. And mm-hmm. uh, and I will say for me as a rave kid, I didn't think of that as the pit. I wasn't hooked on drugs. I was actually always the sober driver. That was me. I was just there for the the music and the dancing. And uh, and I want to talk a little bit about that, separating the the good from the bad. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but before we go, because not everything about a rave is wrong. And I still love to dance. I really still mm-hmm. love to dance. Yeah, nothing wrong with music and dancing. I know I don't look like it, but <laughs> it's a scary thing to see. I've seen it. If you need to clean your house quick, EDM is great. <laughs> <laughs> Rob, you told, a, you told me about a story earlier. Would you tell me about Frank? Um, Frank was a young man who was kind of the, the leader of his little core of friends. And um, we would see Frank at and his friends at different raves. And when we'd camp, he would say, tell his friends to stay away from those people. They're Christians, you know. Basically, the the world sees us as intolerant, judgmental bigots. And um, so he tried to convince his friends to stay away. But, you know, we had free pancakes and sausage, and we told dad jokes. So all of his I'd friends kept that. coming over. Food works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, we got to be friends with his friends and all, and he would just kind of stare off at a distance and, I don't know, two or three years, four years maybe into this, Frank went up to one of our rave moms, and his friends were all eating with us. And he said, he looked at her and he goes, you know, I have tried to hate you people, and I just can't. You guys are just awesome. So the mom looked at him and said, well, why don't you come and come and have breakfast with us? And he hung his head and he went, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. And he wandered into our campsite and, and, and ate with the moms. And the moms got to love on him. And, um, Colleen, why don't you tell him when you last time you saw him? Oh, he just came running up to me and just sobbed. And he said, I just love you so much. Can you please hug me? <laughs> We're famous for our mom hugs. We, we have a sign we put out um, at the end of the rave when the masses are just walking out. And it says, free mom hugs. And uh, some of the things they whisper in your ear when they're hugging you would just break your heart. You know, if you were my mom, I wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been able to, to hug my mom for six months since I went to school. Um, I haven't seen my mom since she left with her boyfriend. It, you know, it just. Yeah. Uh, and that's part of the culture that mm-hmm. was new for me when I, I entered in. And no, things are different. It's more commercial now. So you, mm-hmm. I'm sure you get a different spread of kids. But. I remember when it really struck me, I remember watching, there was a friend of ours who was a little younger. She was tagging along with us. We were mostly 19, 20, me and my friends going. And she was like 15 or 16. And she started tagging along with us and she'd always catch a ride with us. And I remember one time 
seeing her dad drop her off and hand her 50 bucks to go. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, you told them where you're going? And, and mm-hmm. I asked her about it, and she just had zero connection with her parents. Mm-hmm. And yeah. again and again, I kept finding that was the consistent story. It wasn't wasn't that these like they were sneaking out on their parents right. for the most part their parents didn't care right yeah most of the kids that we run into have um, very little parenting going on at home there's kids from awesome families that are going to raves you know they're just making their own decisions and doing that yeah um, but the vast majority are vastly unparented yeah well I hate to uh, to interrupt and change the subject but Ref over here is signaling me that it's time to change it up. We're actually going to return to our segment called Theology Throwdown. And things are different in this part of the show. So I would like to point out again that this is Brad's idea. Actually, it was my idea. But Brad took it seriously. I ran with I, it. I was joking. But uh, I kind of enjoyed it the last time we did it. Yeah, so we're going to try this again. So, Brad, why don't, why don't you give us the question and the rules? Okay, so here's the thing. Christians sometimes have a reputation as judgmental, self-righteous, Bible-thumping joy killers. I love that, by the way. Mm -hmm. Mm Bible-thumping joy killers. Mm -hmm. I don't love it. It's just a good statement. (laughs) It should be a ban. It should be a ban. So does the Bible give us insight on why that happens and how to change it? Now, before we jump into the question, though, here's the thing. We want to read verses, and we want to apply the verses. We want to keep them brief, and there may be some penalty cards given. Mm -hmm. So be ready to move on. I can't believe you gave me a penalty card last time. You deserved it. Totally deserved it. <laughs> so here's the thing. Okay. Here's the question. Does the Bible give us insight on why Christians get a reputation as judgmental joy killers? Bible thumping. Joy oh, I forgot killers. the mm-hmm. Bible thumping joy killers. Yes. Like a band. And does it tell us how to change that? All right. I'll start us out in uh, Romans 2.1. Now, in Romans, there is, in chapter 1, a conviction of the obviously wicked and guilty. But chapter 2 starts this way. You, therefore, have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else. For at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. This is God's conviction of self-righteous religion, which breeds hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. Who else has got a verse for us? 1 Corinthians 5, 9 through 12. And I find that uh, we get our bad reputation because uh, we will read the list of, of sins and begin to apply it to those outside the church. But here's what uh, 1 Corinthians says. When I wrote to you before, I told you not to associate with people who indulge in sexual sin. But I wasn't talking about unbelievers who indulge in sexual sin or greedy or cheat people or worship idols. You would have to leave this world to avoid people like that. Mm. I meant that you are not to associate with anyone who claims to be a believer, yet indulges in sexual sin, or is greedy, or worships idols, or is abusive, or is a drunkard, or cheats people. Don't even eat with such people. It isn't my responsibility to judge outsiders, but it is certainly a responsibility to judge those inside the church who are sinning. And I think that's where we get it wrong. And I think that's where grace meets the raver because we don't judge them. Right. The judgment, Paul says it's important to discern when you've got somebody who's claiming to be a believer and walking. I'm walking with the Lord and then Mm -hmm. they just turn around doing exactly the opposite. Oh, I'm breaking rules. Well, hey, and I was just about to step in and say, hey, we've covered some of the cause. Okay. What about the solution? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Solutions. To me, this gets to the heart of the gospel. And in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, 
For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. At the heart of the gospel is salvation by grace. The result of the gospel is that you have nothing to brag about or look mm-hmm. down on anyone else about. Mm-hmm. Knowing that you're saved by grace causes you to extend grace. Mm-hmm. Amen. For us, the only thing keeping these kids hellbound is unbelief. We've got to fix that first. Mm. I guess Amen. I broke a rule, though, didn't I? You did, but it's okay. <laughs> he's, he's got a red card. I'm surprised he didn't red card me because I started a discussion. We're not supposed to discuss. <laughs> oh, oh, we're both taken out. All right. Can we do? Can I, can I give one more verse? Okay. I'll give you yellow instead of red. There. That's caution. <laughs> you have one last one. Okay. I'm not out of the game. Okay. Uh, first Corinthians. No, you already did that verse. <laughs> John 7, 24. Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. Mm-hmm. And one of the real issues that ravers have with the world is everybody judges by my appearance. And I honestly think that sometimes the crazy dress is really just about filtering out the onlookers. If somebody's going to judge me by this, I'm done with them. Right. But if somebody walk up to me and see past it, that's the kind of person I want to talk to. And we've had them actually articulate that. Mm. Exactly what you're saying. That's what they have told us. Yeah, that's why that's why the young lady who shows up dressed like a normal church kid is accepted just the same because that's really at the heart of what it's about. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, we're going to move off of theology throwdown. Thank you, Timekeeper. Thank you, Ref. And <laughs> I want to talk through just a few more things and get to the heart of this and uh, and share a few verses here. What's your motivation? Why do you do it biblically? What what has driven you? This is costing you money, time, uh, and, and a lot of heartache, getting your heart involved with kids in, in serious trouble a lot of the time. What keeps you going? What makes you show up? You know, I look at uh, Scripture. Well, in Genesis, when God looked at down at the earth and everything people thought was totally and consistently evil or wicked— um, scripture says that it broke his heart. Mm. And um, I've learned that, well, in a sense, I guess we have power over God, but only in the sense that we can break his heart. And um, when I look at kids that are doing these things, and as parents, we understand that they're they're a train wreck, that they're headed for a train wreck. We've lived enough life, made enough mistakes, and so we want to rescue them, and we see Tons of examples in Scripture of God rescuing people. God the rescue. And, um, you know, the, the trouble that God went through to rescue Rahab, if you break that whole story down from beginning to end, is amazing. Um, and so we just want to help these kids out the best we can. So God's heart is broken for them, and our hearts are broken for them. Mm-hmm. Amen. And in Second Corinthians 5, 16 through 20, um, it starts off, So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. And that's what God did um, in our hearts. When our hearts broke for the things that break his heart, we stopped evaluating these kids as just, you know, losers or kids that are acting out. And then down in 20, we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. What an awesome privilege and responsibility to actually speak for Christ. To be an ambassador for Christ in a place that many would see as quite another universe. <laughs> when you walk into a rave, it's another wow. place to be. But to, to be there, you're an ambassador. Mm-hmm. And as an ambassador, you don't need to fit in. Mm-hmm. You, you nope. need to, to just bring God culture into that place. 
Rob, you shared uh, earlier a verse that was meaningful to you, and I want to read that in Ephesians 3, verse 20. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. Did you share that with me? Is that Ephesians 3.20? I had it written down that you wanted to It's a good verse. It's a good good verse. Ephesians 3.20 is now all glory to God. Oh, wait. No, no. I read Ephesians 4.20. There you go. Oh, man. The The timekeeper's going to be mad. I'm in trouble. You may get a card right now. You know, basically. Misquoting verse, that's a serious card. This isn't a verse that motivates. this, This motivates us to go back. It didn't initially motivate us, but. We have seen it come to life over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now to all him, glory I'll... to God, yeah, who okay. is able through His mighty power, His power, not ours, His power that's in work, at work through all of us to do infinitely more than we might ask or think. And we see that just constantly. We show up. God does. I should be a charismaniac. We've seen so many crazy things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, God just intervenes. He answers prayer in real time. It's just simply amazing and. Although that's kind of what's in it for me, um, as we reach these kids in his name, man, he shows up, and it is awesome. And that's what we want to talk about, but we're going to have to save that for our next episode. Rob and Colleen, can you stick around? We can. Sure. All right, we're going to come back in our next episode, and we're going to talk about ministry to ravers. And the, I wanted to get dig a little deeper into what it is that they're looking for mm-hmm. in peace, love, unity, respect why they're looking at every possible place but in God mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the church. And uh, and I want to hear some stories about uh, what you guys do. I want to hear about changed lives. Those are my favorite stories. When, when grace meets a sinner, yeah. incredible things happen. So I'm going to yeah. invite you guys back, and uh, I'm going to close this out. To everybody listening, thanks for tuning in to the Soul Podcast. We'll meet you back here in our next episode. And that does it for Episode 5. We'll have Rob and Colleen back in episode seven to tell us what happens when they invite kids that they meet at raves out to camp. Good old family style mountaintop camping. No drug induced love, just a weekend with a real family and a bunch of crazy Christians that genuinely care about them. But before that, our next episode takes us to the pit of drug addiction with one of my best friends, Mike Bonomo. And guess what we find in that pit? We just can't escape the grace of God on this show. But now, as promised, we have a contest. We need your help to get Soul featured on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. So we're running a contest and giving away a bunch of awesome Through the Word and Soul Podcast gear. Basically, we want to reach more people with these great stories. We don't sell anything, so this is all about outreach. And here's how it works. The first eight weeks on a podcast launch are critical because that's the window that Apple observes to feature a podcast in the new and noteworthy section, which is a big deal and generally means a lot more outreach. Now we're doing pretty well, but to get things really moving, we're running a contest. Now what we need to get featured are four things. We need you to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Two R's, two S's. On Apple Podcasts and on Spotify, just subscribe because they don't have ratings or reviews. So the contest is on now through December 1st, and we're giving away some great gear, including an exclusive athletic jacket embroidered with the Through the Word logo. To enter the contest, all you got to do is rate, review, subscribe, and share. You can do just one or all four. 
each one is an entry, then send us your name and email on the contest form on our website at soulpodcast.com. S-O-L-E podcast.com. No purchase necessary because we don't sell anything. And that's it. New episode premieres every Friday. You can subscribe and get all our episodes wherever great podcasts are found. And check our YouTube channel to see it in the studio. Videos coming soon. You can also find every episode at soulpodcast.com. That's S-O-L-E podcast.com. The Soul Podcast is a production of Through the Word. If you like this podcast, you're going to love Through the Word with audio guides for every chapter in the Bible. Join us for an epic journey through the entire Bible and understand the Bible in just 10 minutes a day. Get the app free at throughtheword.org. The Soul Podcast is listener supported. You can donate on the throughtheword.org website. All gifts tax deductible. Our producer is Brad Hornback. Audio production by Kira Joy. Editing by yours truly. Video production by Michael Kincaid and Daniel Torres. On behalf of the whole team at The Soul Podcast, thanks for joining us. You heard the story. Now go talk about it. Share a post. Tell a friend. Start a conversation. We'll see you in the next one. You gotta hear that story. Thanks for the cunt. Yeah, All I right. had to, I had we to got a moment some to stretch. Up. Sorry. No, it was great. That's, um, that's what you do. I think it actually over? worked. No, it's him. You guys were great. <laughs> of course we were. We're the you guests. Were. You were. Okay, have to be and great. you're going to have to cut out because he said Ephesians 4, and I went 420. Because <laughs> 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 it caused him to. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> You'll have to cut that little. <laughs>